Hi, my name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer. Welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop Daily Virus, where we discuss what, Phelan? We discuss the latest news, views, advice and madness of the pandemic. I think, by the way, one thing that we haven't done for a really long time is give people any advice. So let's think about that today. I mean, remember the advice? Remember we used to be quite good at advice? Like, I thought the big thing was that you could freeze milk. That that was helpful. But anyway, we'll come back to that. But it's something we should think about, Phelan, because we do say that we give advice. And then I'm not sure we give an awful lot of advice, except for I do always say people should find the joy in the little things, obviously. OK, so it's Monday, September 28th. So that is week 28. That is seven months. Now. Hey. Seven months of the two week flat in the curve lockdown. So um, can I just say as well, Phelan, that we originally decided to do a daily virus Possibly with the thought that, in fact, you know, we'd be doing it for, you know, three, four, you know, four or five weeks. Really. I, I think we're going to do it for four or five weeks and then we'd be doing it for a week afterwards. It's sort of a, a, well, a, a well, roundup. Oh. Well, what have we been through? Yes. Yeah. Remember the, that crazy month? Yeah, well, seven months in. So the Venice Pier is closed. I've decided now to I will give a, a constant updates on the Venice Pier. So the Venice Pier is still not opened because of science. Ireland is going back into a lockdown. Um, in, and, and by the way, Ireland's also dividing itself up uh, into counties now. So Donegal, where I'm from, is a disaster, apparently. Yes. And so is Dublin, another disaster. And so if you're living in Dublin, you can't leave Dublin. And I think they're going to have random checkpoints and things like that. The UK is a bit of a nightmare as well. It looks like it's going to go back into a lockdown. And Australia really is a nightmare. Yeah. So how is it with you where you are? And what yeah. else are we talking about today, Phil? Yes, so please actually write in to us and tell us how it is in your country, in your area, in your county. Uh, it's, there's always madness out there. Uh, we should talk a little bit about actually, well, let's, talk, let's do the teasers first of what's on today. But I want to come back to Ireland, actually. Um, so well. groceries, uh, grocery stores and supermarkets are beginning to stockpile again. So um, we got a report from the Wall Street Journal where they've spoken to a lot of these larger chains and they're definitely stockpiling. They're all basically saying they don't want to get stuck. Yes, Again, I'm not doing a teaser, I know you're talking That's too much. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. And we hate to be right about everything, but um, the true cost of the pandemic, and we, we've talked very often about the true cost of the pandemic. I'm going to talk but, about that again. Yes. In the main thing, this Correct. is the teaser. And the New York Times have just remembered the poor, especially children in developing countries, and they're shocked. Nay, shocked, shocked, I, shocked I say, to discover that they are suffering because of the panic and the hysteria over COVID. Not over COVID, that's by the way my interpretation of the story, because obviously it's the New York Times and the New York Times are blaming everything on COVID. And we have a listener from South Dakota, a speech therapist who got in touch to tell us how well masks are wearing with preschoolers. Yeah. So first of all though, we come to this Wall Street Journal story uh, about stockpiling and this it's is- by Ye-Won Kang and Annie Gasparo. Apologies if any names were, mis- were mangled in the- Resurgence of COVID-19 cases in the impending holiday rush prompt retailer to sideline lean, sideline lean inventory strategy. So interestingly enough, actually that's kind of interesting enough. Yeah. So over the over time apparently groceries, grocery stores, these large grocery stores have got these lean, they've gone very lean on how on stockpiling Just basically. In time. And you know but also I think not to have huge amounts of stuff or whatever. That they yeah, no, it's called, I think it was called a just-in-time strategy. It was like they could almost tell you, you know, they, they wanted one of everything basically, almost two, you know, they just, 
Just, but actually, I'm really glad I read this because it's kind of, and we're, of course, this is easy. This is us now giving advice to our listeners. So I think, and of course, the holiday season is coming up. I mean, can you believe that we're, you know, we're thinking already about Thanksgiving? So that people should start to think about storing stuff. So basically, grocery stores, food companies are preparing for a possible surge in sales amid a new rise in COVID-19 cases and the imp- impending holiday rush. Supermarkets... Um, are stockpiling groceries and storing groceries. Them, groceries and storing them early to prepare for the fall and winter months when some health experts warn the country could see another widespread outbreak of the virus. Um, food companies are accelerating production of their most popular items and leaders across industry are saying they won't be caught unprepared in the face of another pandemic. So yeah, so southeast. This is the article goes on. Southeastern grocers have secured holiday turkeys and hams over the summer months before normally starts inventory planning. Chief Executive Anthony Hucker said, and the grocery wholesaler United Natural Foods has loaded up on extra inventory of cranberry sauce, an abomination, by the way. I guess Herbal tea, an abomination, and cold remedies, not an abomination. No, no, no. Actually, yeah, so you can keep you can keep your, what is, it, what is it, herbal tea and cranberry sauce. Associated food stores recently started building pandemic pallets of cleaning and sanitizing products, so it always has some inventory. Can I just say, you heard it here first. Get your toilet roll now that there is toilet roll because you know oh what are they called in america bath tissue is that what it's called something like a bath tissue it's called toilet roll where we come from yes. so get your toilet roll in i have said i am very proud of the fact Phil, am, I, am i not that i we never ran short here because i heard the early warnings from when What's there that? was a problem in hawaii yes. and i thought if it starts in hawaii it's going to come here soon yes and we got in the toilet roll can i just say something else is there anyone out there who thinks cranberry sauce is a valid Condiment, and it makes turkey taste better. Oh no, I think it's a, an abomination. We, of course, we never heard the like of it in Ireland, and I'm not. Well, actually, up in up in the north, where I was from, there was a cranberry sauce contingent because oh, we you'd were be very posh, br- very British, you see. But no, even even then, I was a cranberry sauce skeptic. We will never again operate our business as unprepared for something like this. One of these chief executives um, said, um, "Hummel Foods Corp." Oh yeah, did you the want to say something? The roaster is ready. Also, uh, no, that's, that's a mistake film there. That's me. That's me making a mistake. Oh, that's, that's you don't want me to read that. No, I don't want you to read that. I'm looking at this. CEO Jim Snee of Hummel Foods Corp said on a recent conference call that the company has 24% less inventory than a year ago. It's bacon, pepperoni, Skippy. Oh, this is interesting. So this is where the, the shortages already are being seen. Skippy peanut butter. And can I just say something about Skippy peanut butter? So if in the event that something were to happen this second. Can I just say we definitely have peanut butter into the next pandemic, pa- into and the I, next, into the next pandemic, maybe into the next d- decade, because it was great value, and I love peanut butter. But anyway, so we have a lot of peanut butter. It's bacon, pepperoni, and it's interesting the things that people love. You know, bacon, pepperoni. These are the things that make life beautiful. And spam, canned meat. Okay, forget the spam, canned meat. Now there's something that's not beautiful. On any I think spam had a very bad publicist in, back in the day. Oh, for God's sake, Phil! It's a really awful thing. Could run short if COVID-19 cases among workers interrupt production again, he said. We can't afford another disruption. So, you know, basically, um, just the last bit there, Campbell Soup Company, overall inventory is only about halfway recovered. Isn't that interesting? And the team is pushing hard to fully catch up by January. It's interesting to me, by the way, and this is something I really haven't got an answer from, from this story, but to me, it's kind of amazing. Like Companies like Campbell haven't been able to catch up you know, and also with those cleaning products and stuff, you have an answer to this film. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the wonder of modern technology and connectedness. 
they can almost, I mean, Amazon, I, and you know, I don't quite believe it, but Amazon are, say they're, they're moving stuff to warehouses before you order because they know you're going to order it, right? Well, by the way, you're answering my, you're, you're actually saying you're not, that doesn't, pr my question is, why is there no Campbell's soup? Why are Campbell's soup not going to rack together yet? Because it's very difficult to set up a production line um, and it's very difficult to ramp. To ramp it up? Right, well, no, I mean, it is ramped up. It is exactly where, you know, it's, they have produced. Are you blaming people like me who have three containers of peanut butter that normally should have only one? Um, I think that's yes, possibly yes, what you're pointing because, out. Because this, the world is set up for the, for predictability and, and it was very predictable and now it's not. And it's very hard. I mean, how, what are you going to do? Set up a, a new line for Campbell's Soup? It's a very difficult thing to do because they're producing other things that are needed. Um, it's, you know, there's no waste in the world at the moment. Actually, that's what's very interesting, you know, that, you know, we need less waste than environmentalists. There's so little waste because everything's on time. People know exactly what they're going to, the, these grocery stores knew exactly what people are going to order in advance. And uh, it's come back to bite them now somewhat. Anyway, so you heard it here first, so here's a piece of advice, seeing as I've realised that there's been a deficit of advice around here. Um, have a look at your, uh, at, your, uh, uh, at, at, at your kitchen shelves and decide what it is that you don't have, and particularly start thinking about the holiday season and start putting stuff away. Yes. I think that seems to be the advice, unfortunately. Um, and buy toilet roll. And the Wall Street Journal have a very disturbing and sad story, but one that we have, you know, one that we've been talking about, I don't know, from the very beginning we were talking about this, that the death toll from COVID, um, that extend, that the, the, the large death toll that we're seeing has extends well beyond people dying of COVID, that people are dying because of COVID, not no. of COVID. Well, they're dying because of the lockdown. Well, you know what I mean? They're dying because of the, exactly. They're dying because of the response to COVID rather than actually getting COVID. Researchers are, this is a story from John Camp in the Wall Street Journal. Death toll from COVID-19 pandemic extends far beyond virus victims. Researchers are fine, and this is dry, this is really annoying me because this is going on so long now and it doesn't seem to be getting addressed properly. Anyway, researchers are finding growing evidence that the COVID-19 pandemic's deadly reach is stretching far beyond people who died from coronavirus infections. From Alzheimer's disease deaths to fatal heart attacks, federal data show deaths in 2020 have exceeded those in previous years in numerous categories. And this is, ex you know, this is excluding people who have died from the virus. Yeah. This is people dying from other things. The pandemic has amplified, oh, you know, here's, you know, and like we didn't know this, pandemic has amplified stress and financial strain while causing many people to avoid hospitals for fear of infection. For a long period of time, there was a pretty dramatic drop off in ER visits, elective surgery screenings, things that Americans do all the time to keep themselves healthy, said Tom Inglesby, who directs the Center for Health Security at Johns Hopkins University. The effects are piling up. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have tracked thousands of deaths this year, you know, beyond the expected levels, you know, and, and again, people not connected to the coronavirus. Yeah, the the C yeah and they go on to say the CDC estimates that there were somewhere between 200 and, two and 263,000 excess deaths in the US this year, although late August, uh, so, so less. So at that stage, there was one hundred and eighty-eight thousand through COVID. So, so above that is it between two hundred and two and two hundred and sixty-three. So at least twenty thousand and maybe eighty thousand. So researchers are still trying to deaths. understand these gaps between total pandemic-related deaths and those caused by coronavirus infections, including how many actual COVID-related deaths were under 
counted. This could take years to unpack as scientists learn more about COVID-19 and wade through inconsistencies in new death certificates. And that's another course, that's an, actually another problem about how deaths were, were recorded. But among Alzheimer's and dementia patients, the CDC recorded about 200,000 overall US deaths this year, up more than 27,000 when measured against the death average from five years yeah. prior. The increase highlights how factors like, and this is so sad, Factors like isolation and disruption in care when nursing homes locked down further compromise fragile patients for Alzheimer's, dementia and, se and several other medical conditions. The CDC has counted about 16,000 more deaths from hypertension and about 10,000 more from diabetes through late August compared with the recent five-year average. The American Diabetic Association cited survey evidence from June showing a quarter of people with diabetes were rationing supplies like insulin and testing strips while they endured higher than average unemployment, you know, because they were scared. A late spring survey commissioned by the American Heart Association found 28% of Americans experiencing a heart attack or stroke preferred to stay at home rather than risk infection in a hospital. This yeah. is another problem. People didn't go to hospital. They were scared to go to hospital. Right. The CDC has reported more deaths this year linked to coronavirus, excuse me, linked to coronary problems and stroke, while also estimated a 42% decline in emergency department visits at US hospitals. I mean, wild, these are really wild, terrible. Wild stories. Really you know. terrible. Yeah, and you know, the, 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 they noticed a number of, um, Denver Health, uh, they noticed a number, uh, an increasing number of at-home cardiac arrests this year, as in people would sometimes go to the hospital. You know, I feel that, he says, I feel that perhaps some people were less likely to call 911 and go to the hospital due to the pandemic situation. So they would have a heart attack at home and die, you know, yeah, and uh, they noticed this increase. So, you know, health, you know, health authorities say there are other areas of concern. A recent Wall Street Journal analysis found many large U.S. counties are seeing the rise in fatal drug overdoses um, this year, amplifying yeah. a health crisis that was already worsening before the pandemic. And, you know, this kind of makes sense. I mean, obviously, you know, um, and people kind of make, you know, people sort of joke about it, right, that people, there, there is a definite increase in the amount of alcohol people are consuming, yes. even people who, you know, who drink moderately have increased the amount of alcohol. So if you, can, if you, you know, obviously just be rational about that and amplify that with people who already have a, dr have a drink or drug problem, this becomes a, a, a massive problem, a bigger problem, but, the but, pandemic itself. But then you made the point that, um, so, you know, let's say there's a married couple and very often drug addicts marry drug addicts. And, uh, you know, they, they what, what's, you know, what's the, what's the worst thing uh, a drug addict needs? is a large injection of cash you know so very often they're living on the margins of society or they're living in rented accommodation they you know they maybe on welfare they don't have much cash and suddenly they got a twelve hundred dollar check it's each. like the worst possible thing that could have happened i mean yeah i just i just suddenly thought about that the other day that suddenly all these people you know and it's like and, oh, and by the way and parents for example of of, of grown-up you know young people who are they're trying to get off drugs or get off alcohol yeah. You know, what can they do? This check comes. That's my money, by the way. That's yes. my money. It's got $1,500. It's like, yeah. and by the way, given how cheap alcohol is, I mean, I always say that to you when we're in Costco. It's like, oh my God, you know, if you had a drink problem, it was the last, you know. And you remember that extra wrinkle on it too, because of the, the decrease in trade from Mexico and from Canada, you know, nothing's moving. Uh, the, the, the regular supply of drugs are, is not coming through. So, so they're having to seek out new dealers and new people with new drugs uh, 
that are at different levels of purity. Oh, they can't, yeah. they don't trust the dealer. The dealer doesn't know them. So they're getting different drugs uh, and they're getting $1,400 or $1,200 each. And that, you know, and they're suffering from the stress of the uh, sh- shutdown because of the pandemic. So it's a pretty dangerous cocktail. Yeah. Um, and then a story from the New York Times, and you know, this is you know, this is you know, the New York Times. They're just, they're just these are terrible people, really. You know, the headline is as COVID nineteen closes schools, the world's children go to work. Um, you know, as, first of all, COVID nineteen shouldn't be closing schools. I mean, obviously we know that, right? So. Um, children have as, as much chance of dying of COVID as of being struck by lightning. So children, you know, they, as we very often say here, the, it's very obvious the people who are most vulnerable to this disease and they should be protected. No one, I, Phelan and I have never denied the fact this is an infectious disease. This kills you, by the way, it's, and, and it's a terrible death and all of that. This, death is a terrible thing, so you want to avoid that. Yes, however, uh, However, other things can kill you too. And here's, you know, an unintended consequence of the madness that has infected the rich people of the world, the rich countries of the world. The poorer countries think that whatever the rich countries are doing might be a great idea as well. Yeah. Why don't we do the same thing? Obviously, our children are just as important. So obviously, if if school is unimportant, is so unimportant, and children are so at risk, then children obviously shouldn't be at school. Yeah. So this is what they're doing in, the, in also in developing countries. Former students are taking illegal and often dangerous jobs in India and other developing countries, potentially rolling back years of progress in social mobility and public health. And by the way, and it's one of those long New York Times Sunday reads, yeah. and it goes on and on and on. It's very, very sad, by the way, because I mean, they're very good, by the way, at painting these yeah. pictures of these children, you know, um, every morning in front of Devereux's public housing apartment block on the outskirts of the city of Tamakru, a swarm of children pours into the street. They're not going to school. Instead of backpacks or books, each child carries a filthy plastic sack. These children aged from 6 to 14 have been sent by their parents to rummage through garbage dumps littered with broken glass and concrete shards in search of recyclable plastic. They earn a few cents per hour and most wear no gloves or masks. Many cannot afford shoes and make their rounds barefoot while with bleeding feet. I hate it, said Rahul, an 11-year-old boy praised by his teacher as bright. But in March, India closed its schools because of the coronavirus pandemic and Rahul had to go to work. In many parts of the developing world, school closures put children on the streets. Families are desperate for money. Children are an easy source of cheap labour. While the United States and other developed countries debate the effectiveness of online schooling, hundreds of millions of children in poorer countries lack computers or the internet and have no schooling at all. And by the way, you know, and it's certainly, you know, while, you know, listen to this line, while the United States and other developed countries debate the effectiveness of online schooling, no, what they should be debating, what really should be debated is what are we doing not having children in schools? The children should be in schools no matter what. Uh, but the effect of this is terrible. The United Nations officials estimate that at least 24 million children will drop out and that millions could be sucked into work. And they make the point, which I think makes sense, by the way, and I find it very hard to listen to anything the United Nations ever say, but they make the point that a child who has been in school and drops out to go into the workplace, it's very hard for them to go yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and particularly with this amount of time that's passed. I mean, we're looking at coming up to a, to a year now and certainly a year in school terms, seven months, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the surge in child labour could erode the progress achieved in recent years in school enrolment, literacy, social mobility and children's health. All the gains that have been made, all this work we've been doing will be rolled back, especially in places like India, said whoever from, the, from UNICEF. But you know, 
said, oh, actually, I like this. Said Cornelius Williams, a high-ranking UNICEF official. High-ranking. High-ranking. Did she tell them that she was high-ranking? What does that mean? Like, why don't they give her give us her title? Oh yeah, what exactly? What what crazy high title? That's good actually. High-ranking. <laughs> I've never seen that before in a newspaper. A high-ranking UNICEF. Oh, it's like child labor is just one piece of a looming global disaster. Severe hunger is stalking children from Afghanistan to South Sudan. Forced marriages for girls are rising across Africa and Asia, according to UN official officials, as is child trafficking. Data from Uganda showed teen pregnancies shooting up during the pandemic. Aid workers in Kenya said that many families were sending their teenage girls into sex work to feed the family. And I, I have to say, you know, I don't believe most of that. You know, that... Um I certainly believe that children are being sent out to work. Yes, I think yes. that bit makes but sense but to me. Not, I mean, it's amazing how the liberal New York Times loves um, a bit of sex panic racism when it go, just goes to the to the you know look, I mean these are this is like you know uh, many families were sending their teenage girls into sex work to feed the family in Kenya aid workers in Kenya said that well I, I'd like a little bit more evidence than that that families in Kenya are some kind of monsters like Kenya is a, a developed, very very developed yeah very developed country and it's like Aid worker. I mean, you, you can't just say that. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of racist, as you say. Yeah, it's, it's kind of racist. It's sex panic you know. racism. You know, yeah, yeah. These, people are these poor. Africans are just, you know, they will just do this, you know? So, the, so the, you know, it goes on and on. But it's, it's a, I mean, I think there is absolutely no doubt, right? I mean, Phil, yes. right, there's no doubt that if you have shut down the economy, you know, as, as the economies around the world have been shut down, and places like Africa, for example, I just think that we were in Uganda, and for example, you know, it's a random thing that you just discovered that there's this massive flower growing business, yes. right? That's a massive flower growing business in Uganda. That's not for local consumption, right? The flowers aren't for the locals, they right? Holland. They go to Holland. That all stopped. What happens to all the people who worked in that business? What happens to all the people who are working as supporters of that business? So people who are selling sandwiches to the workers who are picking the flowers yeah. and all of that. You know, all of those, all of that drip drip effect of people. And also you're looking at people across the developing world who are, you know, who, who are surviving on two or three dollars a day. And suddenly you take that out. You're, you're looking at a really horrific situation. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, was it, was it in Los Angeles or Chicago? 25 percent when they closed the schools back in March and then reopened them uh, this year something like 25 percent didn't log in on the first day oh yeah you know well no I mean it's even worse than that no we've heard that here in LA County that for for months yeah there was 25 percent of the children who never logged in at all like who yes. have who have never shown up and no one knows where they are and that kind of you know, once that once that starts, exactly the same way they're saying yes. it here. Once that starts, getting them back into the into the education system is going to be like really, really difficult. Yeah. And and of course, the the thing that you have to ask all the time is why was this done in the first place? Like, wh why was this done? Why is it continuing to be done despite the fact that um you know yeah. that, that 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 it doesn't seem to be efficacious at all? There's a good word There's for me. Word. I was a kind of oh, surprised. I was I, able to do that I, I, at this I, time of the morning. Half five in the morning. Half five in the morning. So yeah, we, we want to talk now about. Uh, a letter we've got from, from one of our listeners one of our listeners in yeah, South Dakota South Dakota I'm a speech therapist working with preschool children I thought you would enjoy hearing how this mask thing is working the children pull off their masks to eat lunch then they exchange the mask with a friend because that mask is nicer than their own mask. You know, you got the because you have the frozen mask and then you might have the monster mask uh, the Batman mask go on here and he goes I'm sure that sharing mask sharing is part of the science of COVID right? Um, another interesting fact, I live in, uh, in South Dakota, he names the county. To date, we've had three COVID deaths, yet masks are required. 
in Walmart. Yeah. And it's a lady that wrote, by the way. And yes. I know we don't want to say her name, but yeah, she and she lives in in Brown County, South Dakota. But I just thought that was I thought that was a really um, I was uh, that was a very good story. Um, so tomorrow, by the way, is the debate. Um, by oh, by the way, don't forget to to go to Obamagate the movie. Oh yeah, go to Obamagate the movie and support us if you can. Even with what uh, even the smallest donation would be great. Just to just let us know that you, that you support what we're trying yes. to do here. Yeah. And the more people that turn up, the better. I mean, we're I think we're at seventy percent funded at this point. Yes, yes. Which is kind of which is kind of great, and it has been. I mean, people are just great because the truth needs to be known exactly what happened. So, um, so every word of the Obamagate movie is is verbatim from the actual people who spoke it. We didn't need to make anything up. It's not fictionalized, unlike the Comey rule, which is total fiction. Which was on Showtime last night. Which was on Showtime last night and tonight. Um, and we are, yes, we are coming to the end. And we are, as I said, this is the beginning of sev- the seventh month. I hope wherever you are that you're getting on okay. Please write and let us know how you're doing and what it's like in your corner of this madness. Um, we're about to have a heat wave back here in Los Angeles, so that's going to be something to watch out for, and there's going to be high winds. Yes. So please God, there will not be more wildfires, but it, it's, it's a bad recipe that when you have how dry everything is, and now with this big heat that we've got coming yes. on. So um, stay safe and find the joy in the little things, and please be in touch. Thanks a million. Thanks, bye. Bye.